Hello, hello. How are y'all doing? Y'all good? I'm Logan, if I have not met you yet. Um, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Overwhelming hellos. Uh, how y'all doing? Y'all good? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs middle. Thank you, Jeremiah. Uh, we got like five weeks left if you're going to UCA, which it could sound like a lot, but if you mess around and have a Thanksgiving dinner and do a turkey trot, it's right on the corner. Time flies when you're having fun doing turkey trots. <laughs> that, was super, that was super random. But uh, <laughs> some of you are trying to finish up hard classes like capstones or accounting too. Other, others of you all are trying to survive walking and jogging. Anybody taking that? Any walking and jogging? In the, yeah, let's go. I uh, just wanted to do a quick check-in with everybody. Um, but I just want to do also a recap of last week. A few of you all might have been out for a fall break. Understood. I get it. Um, but Emily Free, Justin's wife, co-pastor of Elevation, praise God. Uh, she spoke on chapters 9 through 11 of Acts. And she kind of challenged us with a question as, what has God purposed you for? And as we were reading through 9 and 11, we looked at the life of Paul, uh, the way that he changed his life and his name from Saul to Paul, uh, which is kind of interesting. You have to go read it to, fa- uh, to figure out why that happened. And we learned how we can be chosen instruments of God despite our past. Uh, so if y'all want to check that out on the podcast, quick plug for the podcast, uh, y'all can do that. But this week, we are diving into the next chapter, Acts chapter 12. Y'all can go ahead and turn your Bibles there if you want, Uh, but I'm about to pray for us. So if you will, bow your heads with me. God, thank you so much for everybody in here. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Um, God, I just pray that tonight, it's all about you. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about anybody, uh, the lights, the cameras, whatever it is. God, we just want more of you. Uh, We just want to leave here knowing more about who you are, who you say you are in your word than what we came in here with. And so God, again, I just say this tonight is yours. It's not ours. And it's in Jesus name that I pray. Amen. Amen. So if y'all have a Bible, wave it at me. Praise God. Let's go. If you don't, you can leave. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. You can stay. Uh, go, to, go to your Bibles and your Bibles apps to chapter 12 of Acts. Now I'm going to start reading. Uh, the title is James Killed and Peter Imprisoned. Super encouraging. Uh, Acts 12, verse 1, it says, It was about this time that King Herod arrested some who belonged to the church, intending to persecute them. He had James, the brother of John, put to death with a sword. When he saw that this met with approval among the Jews, he proceeded to seize Peter also. This happened during the festival of unleavened bread, around the Passover time. After arresting him, he put him in prison, handing him over to be guarded by four squads of four soldiers each. It's a lot of guards. Herod intended to bring him out for public trial after the Passover. So Peter was kept in prison, but the church was earnestly praying to God for him. So a lot happened right there. James died. Peter's now in prison. King Herod's basically just going after the approval of the people that are following him. Um, And like I said a second ago, Peter is captive. He's a prisoner. Uh, Not only is he in prison, but he is guarded by four squads, flex, uh, by King Herod. Uh, But if you think about it, that's kind of funny because Peter is a fisherman. Um, So I bet Peter was probably thinking, what? Like, this is kind of overkill. 
It feels like also the Bible had recently said that uh, all of the disciples, as well as Peter, were also considered uneducated men. So Peter was probably just like, what is happening right now? Why are so many people coming after me? Uh, but the truth is, it is not Peter that they were trying to hold captive, okay? It was the Holy Spirit and it was the gospel being shared that they were trying to stop. And so it seemed to be this ridiculous number of soldiers. That was, that's what they were actually trying to capture. That's what they were trying to stop. That's what the enemy's plan was. And so see, we have to know that back then and still today, there's, there's this unseen battle. There's spiritual warfare. I know that sounds very like spiritual. It sounds like, what the heck is this dude talking about if you don't know about it? Uh, but there's things going on that we don't see. It's not normal to us. We don't see it in everyday life. We go to school, we go to work, we do all these things, but there's this unseen battle happening. Um, that, and whenever it seems like a ridiculous measure is happening against the church and against the body of Christ, what that ridiculous measure actually, actually is, it is a small, minuscule attempt for the enemy to try to stop God's plan. So anytime you're like, man, this is like, I feel like it's attacking the church, like this is hitting us hard, in reality, the unseen, God's move's still gonna happen. God's plan's still gonna be over the enemy's plan. Um, so we have to remember that. And us as a part of the church, we have to move beyond self-perceived affliction, feelings of persecution that we might feel of ourselves into a belief of grace and transformations for ourselves and for other people that attracts them in, that knows that they can have that grace, they can have that transformation, and we can't get stuck in the affliction in uh, that type of stuff. So my main question for us tonight is, how do we move past affliction and spiritual stagnation in life to then share the grace and transformation God is willing to give? I'm gonna break this down. How do we move past affliction and spiritual stagnation in life to then share the grace and transformation God is willing to give? So by affliction, I mean something that can cause you pain, something that can cause you suffering. And this can be in any form. This can be mental, physical, emotional, whatever you may want to put in there. This is examples like loneliness, addiction, lack of purpose, a sickness. And then by spiritual stagnation, I mean the feeling of not being able to progress in your relationship with God. Examples of that could be unable to hear from God. You're not really hearing God's voice. When you're trying to get in the word, when you're trying to pray, you feel like it's a one-way street. You feel like there's a ceiling on the conversations you're trying to have with God. And then it could also be like a sin cycle that you haven't been able to get out of. You've been trying for years, for weeks, months, whatever it may be. You've repetitively been struggling with the sin and you haven't gotten out of it yet. It could even be a friend or a family member that you've been praying for, that they would know God, but it hasn't happened yet. It's been years that you've been praying over and over again. But to answer this main thought tonight, I just want to give you, I'm not going to give points. I want to really just do a couple of questions that allow you to reflect and process of what this could mean for you. Um, we're, we're also going to read some scripture just to search and examine us. Uh, because we want to know, are we living lives understanding the fact that we can't just get stuck in affliction and get stuck in stagnation, but we have to move towards grace from God. We have to move towards transformation that God's wanting to do in our life. Uh, are y'all with me? Praise God. So question number one, do you believe that God has grace for you? Do you believe that God has grace for you? Man, this story is so much about the glory of God. Uh, you have Peter on his journey uh, to share the gospel with people. And it seems like it kind of came 
it came to this halting point where his best friend or one of his best friends, James, had just been killed. Uh, Amir, hello, welcome. Praise God. Counselor in the house. Counselor, father, man of the year. <laughs> uh, but James had just been killed. Uh, Peter's now in prison. He's captive. And so, and, and King Herod's getting praised for this. This is what Peter's feeling right now. But as we've seen studying Acts, this is not Peter's first rodeo. Dude's been in prison a couple times now. And it's because, thank you. It's because, <laughs> yeah, feedback. I love it. If you want to say, yeah, say, yeah. I'm not scared of it. If you say, that sucks, and you throw fruit by the foot at me, that also works. Just feedback's great. We love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Basically, this is what's happening. This is what Peter's feeling, and, and we know that this is not Peter's first rodeo. We know that because of his boldness and his faithfulness to pray and to praise God while he's been in prison, but also intervention by God himself, he has escaped and been let go out of prison a couple of times before this. Uh, but if we think about these things, we can renew our minds in some areas. So I want to challenge you to start thinking about it this way. I wonder if whenever Peter was getting brought into prison, when Peter was getting locked up, if he was really just kind of chilling, like he wasn't messed up about it. This was his third time. And hear me out. I believe that because they chose to leave Peter alive, unlike James, he had 100% confidence that God had his back here too. I bet Peter thought to himself, because the trial didn't, it worked out the way that it did and they left him alive, that it was to further God's glory in his kingdom. That was the purpose of him being in prison, not dying. He looked at the prison as a purpose to move forward the kingdom. And as followers of Christ, do we have that mindset? Do we have confidence that because something hasn't completely taken us out of the game, that we are still in God's game plan? So I ask the question again to you, do you believe that God's grace is enough for you in that area, that one area that's been constantly uh, antagonizing you, causing you pain, causing you suffering? Do you believe that God's grace is enough for you in that area? And if I had to guess, there are probably some people in this room who are currently struggling with consistency in their relationship with God, whether it be their time in the word, it could be their prayer, or even trusting in God. And because of that, you've beat yourself up um, you feel like you're not doing good enough. But I have to ask you, is God's grace enough for you there? Maybe there's some people who have been stuck in, the same, stuck in the same sin cycle, like I've said a couple of times already, or you feel stagnant in a life stage because you feel like you should be somewhere else by now. Is God's grace enough to cover you despite the expectations you put on yourself? God wants you to have hope and a future and not a life that is stuck in affliction and current stagnation. So I want to go back to the story and see what's going down. Peter has suffered with the passing of his friend. He's stuck in prison, and now he feels like he's being heavily guarded with intentions for him soon to be handed over to people. So let's pick up in verse 6. Now when Herod was about to bring him out on that very night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains, not the rapper, Y'all chill out. Bound with two chains, and sentries before the door were guarding the prison. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him, and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him, saying, Get up quickly. And the chains fell off his hands. And the angel said to him, Dress yourself and put on some sandals. 
And he did so. And he said to him, wrap your cloak around you and follow me. And he went out and followed him. He did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they had passed the first and the second guard, they came to the iron gate leading into, first, uh, leading into the city. It opened for them on its own accord and flex. And they went out and went along one street and immediately the angel left him. When Peter came to himself, he said, Now I am sure the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all of the Jewish people were expecting. When he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, who, whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together and were praying. That was a long chunk. Thanks for staying with me. Question number two. Do you believe that God wants to transform you? Do you believe that God wants to transform you? Even though it says that Peter did not come to until he was outside of the city gate, I think it's still safe to say that Peter had full faith and confidence that God was gonna be able to change his circumstance. Scripture doesn't say that. It doesn't say that while he was locked up or while he was like in his escape route, that he had confidence in it. However, after that, in verse 11, it says, when Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Look at the confidence that Peter has that it was God that got him out of prison. He doesn't question if it was a coincidence that he, was ha he happened to squeeze by the guards. He didn't give him, himself credit for creating a, a perfect uh, like escape route or anything like that. He wasn't sure where he was going in the moment, but once he arrived, he gave God the glory, not himself or the angel that brought him out. He gave God the glory when he arrived. And I think back to times where I struggled with the same sin over and over and over and over again. And I was thinking, I gotta get out of this cycle. And I wish I would have known what I'm about to tell you now. Because that sin is not completely taking you out, God's grace is enough for you and he has a plan for transformation in your life. And God wants, you to, God wants to show you how to get there. And every single time the enemy has this plan, right? But every single time, there's also a flaw in it. Why is there a flaw in it? And that's because his plan is matched up against the perfect plan of God, his perfect and pleasing will. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may, you may be able to endure it. See, God's faithfulness is stronger than your temptation that you face. And so I'm going to ask you again, do you believe that God will transform your situation and you? And I know a natural comparison that you could have with this story that I know I had whenever I was reading it was like, Peter had an angel escort out of prison. I ain't got one of those. Like, not once have I ever had an angel smack me on the side and say, get up, we're going, put your shoes on. Like, not once. But guys, we do have to, we have to be careful to not get wrapped up with the delivery system rather than the deliverer. We have to make sure that we're not focused on what is getting us out of prison rather than the person who sent the plan to get us out. Uh, in the past, I've gotten hyper-focused on spiritual disciplines, reading plans, all these things uh, 
that are good, but they're not good if we're trusting them more than we're trusting God. I want to draw your attention to one more thing. As we read in this chunk of scripture, there was two different groups, or there's two different expectations from two different groups of people. There was the first group, the Jewish people, who expected to have Peter at their mercy, the chance to possibly stone him, to hurt him, to kill him, to continue the destruction of King Herod, the person they were following. And then there was the second group, the group of people at Mary's house who were praying and expecting that Peter would be free once again because of the faithfulness of God. And I'm gonna make this personal for you. Look at the people around you. What category do they fall in? Mary's house, Jewish people expecting to stone them. Kind of do that, that relationship inventory for yourself. What are their expectations about you? Are they expectant and complacent when it comes to stagnant uh, places in your life and your relationship with God? Are they okay with that, that you're struggling in an area of sin? Or do they have hope for you whenever you're broken? Do they push you to a place where you have future and hope rather than staying in it? And we must evaluate the expectations people have about us and then give people a say in our lives. And let's get real, some of you, you don't have those people at Mary's house. Like all you got is people who have bad expectations for you. Or maybe you don't really have anything. Like you're just kind of like, I'm not really sure what anybody's thinking about me. But I wanna encourage you tonight that we did have a group of people just like Mary's house. We have a prayer team that comes here every Sunday early to pray for people like you. Uh, we have people who show up expecting for good things to happen, for broken pieces in your life to be made whole through the power of Jesus. We have been praying for you to know that God has a transformation plan for you to walk out in freedom and it will start tonight if you want it. Some of you might feel the stirring to release an addiction, something that you felt bound by for a long time, or even to release the burden of that the relationship of God is all on you and how you do and perform rather than just being with him. And I just want you to know that you have a group of people around you ready to pray, uh, expect with you for that weight to be lifted off. And so I'm just gonna kind of lead us into a time of reflection. Uh, they're gonna play some instrumental music for a little bit, but I just wanna take like five or six minutes for us to think about those two questions that I shared earlier. Do you believe that God has grace for you? And do you believe that God wants to transform you?